Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hey team. Right, this week we're going to have a uh, good old chat about boredom. Now it might seem like a strange thing to talk about, but our intention here is to show you that there is actually some real magic in the experience of being bored and in understanding what it is, what it isn't, and kind of just, yeah, just pulling that thread and see where we go with this. Um, our assertion is that you might find an opportunity in boredom or many opportunities that you didn't know were there. And um, yeah, so we're really intrigued to see if uh, if that's what happens for you. So make sure you let us know. And hey, just before I drop into the episode, we're going to be running some sessions throughout October in the Facebook group, basically just to pull together anybody's experience, uh, whatever kind of alcohol-free journey or, or whatever journey you may be on in October. It doesn't have to be alcohol-related at all. We're going to be running some Q&As um, in the group. That'd be a great opportunity for you to come and literally just get your questions answered. We'll riff on anything, kind of like a live podcast. So we're looking forward to that and we're looking forward to seeing you there. Awesome. I hope you're sitting comfortable. I hope you're not feeling too bored. But if you are, don't worry about it. This is going to get pretty exciting pretty quick. See you there. I can't believe what you right. just called Tony Robinson. Well, he's a lovely man. He is a lovely and to man, be honest with you, Tony. I was he, the reason the reason I was talking about I wouldn't have even known it was Tony Robinson. We were talking about um the Sunday things. Sunday night telly when I was a kid. Basically, today's podcast is about being bored. Right. And what it is. And are we really like, we're going to explore it. We think it's very interesting. And I basically said, well, look, all of the things that I used to be bored by when I was a kid. And then I listed some things listed. off. And do you know what the first thing was that Sam listed? <laughs> <laughs> Songs of praise. <laughs> Songs of praise. Which, look, I have nothing. I actually I enjoy a good hymn. I am. Um, Who was I the mean, geezer that used to do that? I don't Harry know. Se- was it Harry Seacombe? I don't know. But I mean, I like a good sing song, but there was something about, I think maybe it was because every day at school, you know, started and we had to sing hymns and all that. And mm. and I think maybe Sunday afternoon, I was like, well, I, some hymns I liked, but not that much. To, to be fair, I I think the whole, um, God, it's, is this a really controversial subject? I think they could make church more entertaining. It's got nothing to do. I mean, it wasn't really, I'm, you know, if I was just being honest, though, as a kid. Well, actually, what I listed was things that I found boring as a child. It's interesting, right? For me, it was like uh, <laughs> scenery, Sunday night scenery. telly, some wildlife programs. Funny, as a kid, I think when I was a little kid, I was mad into animals and that. And then later on, it was like, <laughs> oh, boring. But now I love it. And it's like, actually, if I reflect on what was going on, why I was bored, I wasn't connected to that thing now other people may have been very connected to that thing so the question is well what even is boredom particularly on a journey in and around alcohol right because Mm. a lot of us were like i'm bored this is when i used to drink but is it actually boredom or is Mm. it something else so interesting right that's very interesting Mm. and i think some of this is born out of when when you stop drinking and it's been a big feature in your life for so long 
you suddenly got these expanses of time to fill or to not fill. You've got ex these expansive time, which include not just the time that you used to spend drinking, but the time that you spent thinking about drinking, contemplating drinking, trying not to drink, <laughs> wondering whether you might drink. Like it's it it really adds up, and people find that like so many times we hear in the, in these programs that we coach in, like, well, I've got all this time. Like, what do I what do I do with myself? So, I think that can that can open up a space for like people will go one of two ways. Usually they'll either go down the boredom route on board or they'll go down the, wow, this is exciting. I can, I can do all of these things that I haven't done before. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I mean, maybe it's funny, right? Because often I guess that feeling of I'm bored is maybe I don't know how to just be with myself well, I haven't I haven't learned that you know it's it's in, in one way it's like kind of impossible for us not to just be it's the one thing we're always doing but we've often had something on top of it in mm. form of like thinking about something or drinking or we're at work or and it, and it's one of those things if we've got things to distract ourselves um even if it's a job that we're not that invested in and we're, we're kind of doing those things and then we get home and that's the time when we used to open a few tins or whatever and then we're not doing that anymore, then it's easier to be like, oh, I'm I'm bored when really what we might be saying is, I don't know how to sit. I don't know how to be. I don't know how to chill out. Um, mm. There's a whole host of things it could be, but I think possibly we'll loop full circle on this, but something to to, to really consider the whole way through this discussion is, well, what is boredom? What what's the message it's giving me? What can I learn from from this and and what's mm. going on beneath it? Because there's going to be loads of stuff that we did talk a bit about the the kind of neurochemical stuff that's going on when we first stop drinking, which I yeah. think is important to understand. But then there's a whole host yeah. of other stuff as well. Yeah. Well, why don't we start there and then and then we can talk about some of the the avenues that we might go down yeah yeah cool well i mean ultimately if you're going to bring a drug as a chemical messenger right so if you think about it we often don't really slow down to think about these things but any drug that you bring into your body it's a chemical messenger it's signaling to your neurochemistry to your you know the things that the neuromodulators and the and the neurotransmitters in your body it's telling them to behave differently to how they normally behave and your body loves homeostasis. It loves balance. The whole job is there's a certain way that I want things to be. Um, and I'm, I'm, and I'm going to constantly be in a state of flux in order to try and be there. Homeostasis balance. So if you bring in something like now, look, it's so complicated. And every time, often when I talk about things like this, people bring in the, oh yeah, but it's not that it's this element. And, and it really is. There's so many different things happening in our body when we drink alcohol and, and actually it is a very complicated set of things that are happening, particularly with alcohol, more so than other drugs. It's it's affecting you and operating on a lot of systems. Many other drugs are, drugs are much more simple to understand their interaction on the body and your neurochemistry. But alcohol is very complicated because of the process, how long it takes to go through your body, the impact it's having on many of your different organs in your body, how it gets converted from alcohol to a set of, uh, 
acetaldehyde and then acetate. I'm probably going to say some of these things wrong, so forgive me. But all that stuff is so complex. But at the dopamine level, you're effectively drinking something that's increasing the amount of dopamine in your system. And when you do that, your body goes, whoa, there's a lot of dopamine here. Something's not quite right. So it downregulates the amount of dopamine receptors in your brain so that you're you're not feeling that dopamine as strongly. And some people might talk about this as, you know, part of the tolerance cycle and all these different things. But ultimately, that is your body's way of protecting itself. So over time, the the mad thing is that if you're drinking every day or every other day or even just a few times a week, you're the amount of dopamine receptors in your brain is going to get downregulated. So normal things that used to feel a certain way because dopamine is on the reward circuit and the learning circuits, they just don't feel the same anymore. So from reading a book to going to the cinema to hanging out with Pat or whatever it might be, if alcohol's not in the picture, it will just feel a bit like flat. It won't feel like it used to. And people often kind of report, you know, it, it's just lost its shine. And then alcohol, we don't know it's happening, but we it get it gets moved up the hierarchy of need, and it becomes like an experience that we're craving because it's the one time where we're getting, you know, a dopamine hit where we start to feel different. Now, I mean, that, it, the long term effect of that is actually quite scary because it keeps on going to the point where alcohol, you know, the dopamine release doesn't sort of make you feel better than your baseline it starts to just bring you to baseline and then it goes below that and like the long-term stories we won't really cover today but i mean essentially so when you first stop drinking there is going to be a resetting and a recalibration of your neurotransmitters dopamine other ones too and that's going to take a little while 30 30 days is a powerful length of time and beyond so allowing for that's powerful and ellie i know you've spoken about this a lot but that childlike joy that sparkle you know Mm -hmm. that starts to just come back in and flow back into our lives and over the months and weeks that follow it you know we really start to realize like whoa all these things that i wasn't enjoying anymore are are amazing again yeah and and that's everything from some of the activities and like i I used to be a uh, a big reader and towards the end of my drinking career I didn't read anymore uh I there were all sorts of things actually all sorts of activities that I used to enjoy that all became casualties in the wake of drinking and so those sorts of things like rediscovering the joy of those things and the pleasure that you can you can derive from those things once this recalibration takes place that's a wondrous thing but it's not it's not just those things it's like the the joy from like just the all of the small moments like i, I remember early early ish on in sobriety looking out of the window on a morning as the you know it's the dawn rising and just being like wow like that's beautiful and that's like who the hell am i <laughs> <laughs> who is this person and and i like this person this yeah. is really cool i've sat there before and like looked at blades of grass like whoa like that's amazing <laughs> like contemplating these really small seemingly small things and that coupled with the 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 coming back online of your senses it it just 
this is why I like when Michael Singer talks about like we live we live in Disneyland. It's like we do. We've got just this incredible planet that we inhabit and all of the potential for like infinite potential for experiences, not judging them one way or the other, but just that every experience we have makes our lives richer. But the, I think the key point is, and this comes back to something that you said just before, we should have pressed record earlier because it was really great when you were saying it. it Are about... you going to say that I can't recreate it? Great. It's going to be yeah, rubbish. No, you, will. You, will. <laughs> you will. You'll do it justice. It's this whole point about, well, am I being present to my life? Mm. Am I present for it or not? And when we, earlier on, we looked at the definition of boredom and the first definition was crap, but then we found a second definition. The first one really was crap. It was yeah, the it was, state, of, like being the state of being bored. So thanks, yeah. Google. Helpful yeah. as ever. So the, the more helpful, I think this is, a, is this a Merriam-Webster one? The So this, the, their definition is that, that boredom is the state of being weary and restless through lack of interest. And I think that lack of interest bit's the interesting bit because that's pointing towards not being present to life, not being present to what's right in front of us. So for me, there is a great big key here. If you want to shift your experience, you want to shift your state, your starting point is considering how you're meeting life and how present are you at any one moment in time. Yeah, and I mean, that's an amazing journey because it's all well and good to say, oh, if you just do these you know, just do this 10 minutes of mindfulness a day, then ah, the rest of it will all solve itself, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a bit of a journey and learning to be a, to be present to our life. And it's, imp it's actually impossible not to be here. It's the only place we're ever in. So the only thing that's ever getting in the way is thought one way or another. Mm -hmm. And so that's a bit of a journey. And for some of us, we may have um, reasons why it's uncomfortable to be with ourselves. We might have uh, unresolved things from the past. We might not have ever done that before. We might have not known it was on the menu. We might be, many people are afraid to spend time with themselves. Like that's not a, and that's to be taken lightly. And there's, we're not going to be able to cover all the different things that can help somebody learn to, to, to truly know it's safe to be in the present moment and, and to be with yourself. But without doubt worth considering is the fact that is it the thing is it the thing that's boring or is it coming from inside of me and like news like, like well spoiler alert like it's only ever coming from inside of you which is why one person can do something and it can be the most exhilarating thing ever and why another person is bored out of their brains right so i've noticed in particular that if i make it a practice to be present during something suddenly it can take on a completely completely different flavor and that's kind of what i was joking around with like all that stuff at the beginning and saying that interestingly a lot of the stuff that when i was a kid you yeah, know and there may be a whole host of, there's going to be a bunch of other reasons for that but one of the reasons is that i just wanted to be on my game boy <laughs> i just wanted to be like i didn't i didn't want to be that there was resistance in me mm. but funnily enough when we learn to drop resistance and fall out of the, let the snow globe settle, let out, like fall out of the thinking in our head. It's not even a doing thing. It's just an allowing that it's our natural state. Then suddenly things that we could have found very boring can become exhilarating, like you said, because 
the truth is like blades of grass, leaves, walking in nature, everything is fascinating. Like yeah. it's, we, everything is fascinating. Like the fact that you're where you are doing the things that you're doing, we've just so numb to mm. the the wonder of what's going on around us and reawakening that again is a really great way of uh you know moving through some of that boredom and bringing life back into life right yeah well this is is exactly how life becomes bigger how life becomes more exciting more exhilarating richer so and a boredom like the, the, there's this connotation that comes on with boredom like <laughs> i joked when we said about recording so you said something about well we haven't planned this one out and i said well it might be really boring it's <laughs> just like that that connotation yeah. of oh yawn yeah but to me boredom is like it's one of those marvelous things that has the potential to like the other side of the coin is just it, it's so vast and expansive and exciting and thrilling just as you say, like every, everything is fascinating. All of those things, you made me laugh about the, the things as a as a kid, because funnily enough, one of the things that my mum used to do to me was drag me around old houses, <laughs> like <laughs> drag me around old houses and look at things. And, like, oh, and you God, fucking I, love it now, don't you? I fucking love it. And I, oh, and I do, do you? Do it, do it to my kids. Do it to yes. kids. <laughs> Payback. It's That's payback what I mean. Time. Um, but but funnily enough, so this weekend just gone, I uh, went to a local, a local stately house with. <laughs> was it with, National Trust? Uh, yes, it, it was your old. I'm a member, mate. I'm a member. Wimpole Hall. It was only bloody Wimpole. No freaking Wimpo. way. And I tell you what, I've never been in You're the bloody there. house. The reason I've not never been in the house and I've only ever been in the grounds and the farm is because the kids have never wanted to go in the house and the kids have always been too little for the house and I've always had a bloody pushchair, many a reason. So my friend and I took our kids collectively down to Wimpole and her boy is uh, coming up 11 and and he said, oh, can we go in the house? And I was like, fuck yeah. I didn't say, I didn't say fuck yeah. I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah let's go. Um, I said, yeah, let's go. Because I was like, shit, I've never been in the house before. And and the fact that he really wanted to go in, I was like, that's really cool. Like, And, and he was so fascinated with the whole thing. And he's pointing stuff out to me. Now, the other kids are just tearing around the place, like <laughs> just as fast as they can, looking for the ghosts. Where's the basement? Uh, where's the dungeon? All of this business. But it just, it struck me how I was walking through this room and I had this moment of, you know, like when you just, you are fully present, you soak something in. And I was like, wow, that word that you said, oh, like fascinating. I was sitting there going like, this is fascinating. Also, why do people need so many couches? There's a lot of couches in there. Like you can only, like, if you imagine living in that building, you're like, well, I can only sit in one room at a time. So how, like, why do I need so many rooms and so many couches? Anyway, that's a side note. But Fair the point. whole thing it just had a really different flavor to it than being dragged around as a kid. But this is this whole point about how you meet stuff and your level of openness to experience. So if we choose to resist things, 
And and by the way, I'm not saying that we're not discerning. I'm not saying that we fill our lives with stuff that doesn't interest us. What I'm saying is, how do you know it doesn't interest you if you don't allow yourself to be open to it? So for me, that the whole the other side of the coin of boredom is just like this. It's just this huge expanse of possibility. And I find that so exciting that you could, it's it's just like this adventure of discovery. There's just so much potential. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, preferences are awesome. They seem to be like a really wonderful expression of human, et cetera. But a lot of the time mm. we're, we're maybe not even expressing a true preference. We might be expressing like unconscious resistance or whatever, or whatever Old it might beliefs. be. Somebody else's preference. Do you know what else is awesome about going to National Trust properties? You can have a scone. I was just about to bang my head on the microphone there. Do you not like scones? Or scones for our southern friends. Well, at least you don't. I mean, well, I don't know. You say scone. You were talking northerner now. Do you know what? There's some weird shit going on. Robin, I've, I've become, I've become... Do you know what I said the other day? I said it's basically becoming a mixture of Northern and American, which is fine, obviously. It's no problem, but it's amazing how you pick these things up. I say things like, I said the other day it was the fall. I didn't even know what I said. I I said it and I was like, for a minute, I was like, it's all right. It's autumn. It's not, you know. I say that though. I kind of get into the Americanisms. Well, I know um, that's fine, but I mean, we hang out with a lot of, of lovely American people, so it's pretty like you know that's going to happen. You do. I still can't say Maryland though. <laughs> the other day, there was a whole thread underneath one of my TikToks where someone, someone put this is great, best comment ever. It says, uh, "I, I don't think I can find it." Again, no, it said, they? "I like." Uh, I mean, they're always like up there, aren't they? It <laughs> said, um, "Oh, I like your content, mate, but you can stop saying right. Uh, you're not American because <laughs> I'm always saying." I could write or, you know, probably I need some media how, training. How do you know that that was their voice? I don't. Well, how did you? I mean, yeah, I didn't. I don't I don't know. But it was quite funny, actually, because, I, you know, underneath I said, yeah, fair enough. And then took the mickey out myself and right. it's one of those things. But, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we we um, I always digress. get this wrong. I always want to say diverge or divulge, but it's digress. We've been here before, haven't we? We've Many been here a before. Time. Many yeah. a time. Well, Sorry. what we were what we were saying was, or where where we were headed with this was, there's many an opportunity opened up by <laughs> boredom. Was that? that's a bit like um, my son puppet. at the minute? Oh God, here we go again, another another digression. My son has got this thing. He's been watching too much Bluey, and he keeps doing this thing with his arm like this, going, "I'm like a mongoose." I wondered <laughs> where like, that had like, come from. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's done it to you before, hasn't yeah. he? I'm like a mongoose. Yeah, <laughs> off of Bluey. Oh right, I didn't even know who Bluey was the other day until you put that picture. I love Bluey; it's awesome. And in fact, if you if you are a fan or you're not a fan, watch the last episode of series three called Fairy Tale because it's all about the eighties and it's it's oh so good, so good. Sorry. So there are many an opportunity opened up by boredom and so I had, I had a little list of the things a little list of the things and we've touched on the first one a bit and this is this idea of learning how to let go so people will say oh, I, I know I need to let go but how do I do that then 
And what I'm suggesting is that by allowing ourselves to, in inverted commas, be bored, this whole idea of allowing mm. ourselves to be, that's that's the ground, that's the playground to learn how to let go. Yeah, just be bored for a bit. See what happens. See what happens, yeah. I had a, a client. I wonder whether she's listening to this. She'll know who she is. <laughs> she used to say to me, I can't remember if she used to say that she was bored. Probably. She did use that word. <laughs> is this in your session? <laughs> Not I'm in so my session. Cheeky git. <laughs> I mean, I can, you know, fair enough. No, 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 no. No, she had a very busy life. Working mum. Mm. Two lovely boys. Lots of energy. Lots of stuff going on. And she was... Uh, she was... Um, the kind of person that loved... Uh, you know, hit workouts and, you know, she, she needed her dopamine, hit workouts and call, I got her into cold war therapy, therapy. She loved it. And so I think removing alcohol for her, you know, we were talking earlier on about the disruption of your dopamine receptors and that recalibration. So that she's going through that recalibration and she wouldn't allow herself to be bored to her it it, it was um it was too frustrating and so what i kept tasking her with was just just sit there just allow yourself and i think she used to hate the homework from me <laughs> but that that was it it was it, it was going and, and sit with it surrender to it let it be allow it find out what comes like whatever comes up there is there for you uniquely and it's a gift but it can be granted it can be very very hard because what what people are fighting against is that resistance but what happens with resistance we perpetuate suffering so this this is the antidote it's it's allowing your experience to be as it is and that discomfort is where growth and potential comes from Cool. So let go, people. Yeah, it was funny. Like, uh, I think we spoke about this the other day. That also the language that we use around this is like it's kind of let be. I think from yeah. these days, like let go is a bit of, that has this idea that it's supposed to go somewhere. <laughs> like mm. let be is like it, it it will like nothing's permanent. It's always going to move around. So mm. if you let it be then it's kind of like it will sort of like go when it wants rather than yeah, trying to let go. Yeah, I think the la language here and choosing the words that are meaningful to you is important because mm. I, I will often just say to myself, like, relax, like, relax. <laughs> What's that offer? Relax. I don't know, I'll figure it out. But that, the... The sentiment is the same. It's it's this. It's it's a releasing, a relax and a release. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, you, know, you got to find what works for you. There's all of a sudden in the last like, uh, oh, I don't know, month or so. Um, the thing that I do in the morning is uh, I wake up and I do something that takes me to a place of like wonderment. I'm like, yeah, I want to do something that reminds me how fucking amazing the world is. Doesn't matter what it is. Like it could be a meditation. It could be, it could be anything. It could just be sitting on the sofa and going back to some 
deep mystical experience I had. It could be, you know, it, it could be anything. I'm like, mm. oh, that that's really amazing right now. I love that. That's really powerful to me. Um, so, but for whatever reason, that just arrived for me. So I think, yeah, with all this thing, with language or like whatever we're doing, it's something to be said for like trying all these different things out. Then sometimes things just turn up. Do them. Trust that. Mm. Trust that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This is a being guided by your your nose situation at the same time. But like early doors, it's always going to feel more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? More. Oh, I hate the word clunky, but it, it's because of the like the needing to be deliberate with it, the. Uh, you know, you're noticing it's that awareness thing, you know, you're noticing more what's going on. But you're always being guided, so you can trust that. And so the other things that, the other sides of the coin, so we've talked about letting go, the other things that boredom opens up opportunity for is like creative, creative endeavours, creative energy, creativity. Yeah which is a wondrous thing, particularly, I think we're all creative in very, very different ways. And as a kid, I always considered myself really creative. Always. I think, well, I think everybody is. I think everybody's, I think we just, I think we suppress it. Uh, and so finding whatever your outlet is for your own creative energy to flow is a really important thing to bring the the majesty of life back in you know after being absent for so long through drinking to think about not think about to find the the place where you can express yourself creatively or the pursuit the activity where you can express yourself creatively is a really, really marvellous thing. Yeah, I think pro probably broadening our horizons and, and understanding around creativity is, is powerful because you're sort of like, we're all creating in every single moment. Mm. Everything we say, like in, in the middle of this podcast right now, we're literally creating something that didn't exist before. Mm. Um, and wherever you are, whether you see yourself as like a creative um I mean, to me, this isn't about whether you're drawing or painting or whatever. This is about your relationship with life and understanding that you have a whole ton of agency. And, and even in selecting how you um, choose your your perceptions and mm -hmm. the choices that you make and what circuits you want to operate. I just read the most incredible book um, that was a lady's sort of journey through stroke and then and then recovery and talking about how she realized as all the circuits came back on as she learned them again she realized how much power she had to engage in circuits or not and one thing in particular is what's really interesting is from a i know we don't have a huge amount of time here so we'll, i'll keep this really brief but from a physiological perspective a lot of the stuff that moves into our sensory system um, has a time span of about 90 seconds to two minutes. So if, it, if you're talking about anxiety or anger, et cetera. Mm. Now, here's what's really interesting, right? If those circuits get lit up, different, you know, different parts of the limbic system and all sorts of like wonderfully beautiful 
circuits that operate in your brain and through your body. Um, often if you feel, feel them fully, they will express themselves and then they will transform. They will change form within 90 seconds to two minutes. Often if they're persisting beyond that, what we've innocently done is introduce the narrative to them. So yeah. we've got all, yeah. we've gone all, you know, sort of like, what's the word? like kind of logical or we've brought like the prefrontal cortex online. We've tried to explain a feeling with thinking, even though the feeling came from the limbic system, it came through us because of, you know, for whatever reason, and um, a lot of the time, if you're just experiencing that, you can choose to lay down a circuit. Like you can, you can, I mean, this morning I was like feeling really anxious. It was weird. So I went and sat on the sofa and I sort of was with it and I was just got really curious about it. And then I chose to drop that circuit and move into to a different scenario. That to me is creating, like you can, mm. you can create that and you can go, you can create any internal world or narrative that you like. And if you, the more you bring in, your ability to see your internal biases and what's going on and and the fact that you're much bigger than the thoughts that you you know thought again and again and again and you know all these like automatic negative thoughts and all this kind of these kinds of things like them then you're in much more of a creation space so it's not just about painting right it's about so much more mm. um mm. painting's good though i mean don't get me wrong like it might all be about painting <laughs> we're all different well hey look <laughs> We've um, we've got we've got a couple of minutes, so I wonder how we'd. Uh, what do you want to say to to wrap this one up, buddy? I think that there's there's definitely. I hate saying there's a part two because it's not a part two. There's this, there's a continuation on this. There's another part that I want to talk to, so we'll save that for another episode. But it's suffice to say, it's all about our our growth, and this is an entry point to that. So we can choose to stay in the old paradigm, or we can decide that we are going to be open and we're going to allow ourselves to shift. And that shifting is going to feel uncomfortable. We are going to experience discomfort because by the nature of what we're doing it's different but this is why and I must repeat myself over and over and over again with people that are either in our groups or on coaching calls but whenever we have that feeling of discomfort it really is to be celebrated because it means that there is it it might be the funniest looking gift in the world it might be wrapped up in very strange wrapping paper but there is something wonderful and wondrous inside of there. And just allowing ourselves to turn towards it and to welcome it, to accept it. So much, so much happens on the other side of that. But we we have to we have to practice this because we're so accustomed to turning the other way. We're so accustomed to denying our experience to suppressing our feelings so when boredom comes up for you use it as a teacher use it as a gift because it really really is yeah i love it i love it i'll just uh i think this kind of is, is on the same track but something i've been doing recently it's been coming to me more and more naturally 
in a way that it didn't used to. But whatever's going on in my life, if I find myself getting a bit overwhelmed or stressed or joyful, like whatever it is, in those moments, I just remind myself, what a gift. Like, how lucky am I to be here mm. experiencing this? Even mm. if it's grief, even if it's sadness, even if it's like, how how amazing to be part of this like mystery and this incredible thing mm. and um yeah i think it can suddenly shift something in an instant it can just be like wow bring mm. us back into the present moment and and back into the to our kind of like right brain consciousness which is a lot more like <laughs> a lot less narrative and a lot more like um and a, and a lot more chill which is which is always cool Right, team. Should we end on an arm? At risk of boring you. <laughs> Do you want an arm? Are you going to run? Go on then. Arm us out. Gonna arm. Are you going to arm? No, I'm going to let you on. Are you not going to arm with me? No. Charming. Oh. Oh, that was a funky arm. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, do you know the amount of um anyway, that's a fun thing to go play with. The next time you're bored, do some oms. See what that does. You might be surprised. Right, team. Love you all. Latest taters. See you soon. Oh, what a great conversation. Do you know the, the thing that really never ceases to amaze me is that when you pull the thread on these things, as I like to say, they unravel and all these mini worlds open up of, of deep connections between you know boredom and excitement and expression and all these things just start pinging, which is really, really cool to be a to be in conversation like that. So um yeah, get out there, get talking about boredom, get exploring being bored. Okay, team, as I say, we'd love to see you in the Facebook group. Have an amazing week and uh, catch you soon.